Hey, welcome to the Trailer Talks podcast. My name's Jen, and I'll be your host. This podcast is all about life, community, our daily highs and lows, all sprinkled with truth and a little encouragement. Each week, we'll dive into the things we encounter while navigating life, building community, and ideally fostering a space where you feel welcome and like you aren't the only one walking this journey. Sometimes we just need to hear from someone else that they get it or that they've experienced something similar in life. So welcome, friends. Can't wait to share this leg of the journey with you. Hey, hey. So this week, I wanted to chat about where I was raised and the impact that had on me. So I was raised in a single parent home with my younger sister and my mom. We lived on social assistance. We lived in geared income housing. And needless to say, it was interesting. I have honestly podcast upon podcast episode that I could speak on regarding living in geared to income housing and the things you experience and but I'll save that for another time. So what I will say is that I had a gun pulled on me when I was nine by a drug dealer. We were locked down in our school one day because someone in a neighboring building was holding his grandmother hostage with a gun. I got about halfway home, I think, with my friends that day, and the SWAT team was literally standing on the bridge, and they were like, nope, everybody turn around. So we had to turn back around and head back to school, and then they kind of locked us in the school until the situation was resolved. I saw three dead bodies before I was 13, and we would toboggan with a homeless guy who lived in the ravine behind our housing complex. It was actually a pretty sweet setup. We would bring him like a thermos of hot chocolate and he would let us use his garbage bag because he had the biggest garbage bags I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen a garbage bag bigger than his. So anyways, we would toboggan with him. And needless to say, that was kind of just the beginning of, you know, a small snapshot, if you will, of the things that I experienced growing up where I did. So with that being said, obviously you could say my childhood wasn't one that you might call typical, but it was normal for me and my friends. It wasn't really until I got older and my husband kept saying to me, you know, that's not normal, right? That I finally started to realize, okay, like, I guess not everyone had the same childhood I had. And it wasn't like what everyone else knew wasn't necessarily what I and my friends knew. If I'm being honest, I still have a hard time fully understanding that because that's all I knew for so long, right? I, I grew up there. My friends were my friends. The things we experienced were the things we experienced. This was normal for us. And so it just didn't seem like it would be any different for anybody else. And if I'm being honest, it wasn't really until I watched my kids and saw the childhood that they were going to have and the environment that we were raising them in that I really started to understand how not normal my childhood was. Honestly, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at my kids and thought, wow, your life is so different from mine. And I honestly am beyond grateful for that, for the fact that they won't know the things that I know, that they won't have the same stories, and that they're going to have a foundation that looks different than mine. I love that. I love that so much. My daughter has been working at a barn with horses for years and years and years. And I can recall so many times after dropping her off, I would look around and I honestly would just take it all in because this was her reality. She, in my mind, was living a movie. (laughs) It honestly was stuff that I would see in movies, but this was her reality. It was hard for me to wrap my head around it. Don't get me wrong. She worked hard every day and that job taught her so, so much. But seriously, driving up to pick her up and to drop her off was like walking into a dream every time. 
it was so amazing. It was so amazing just to see the things that she was experiencing and the, the lessons she was learning. And it was just mind boggling. You know, in those moments, I realized that where we start doesn't necessarily have to dictate where we end up. My kids were living lives that were so, so very different from the one I grew up in. And I could not be more grateful. My upbringing, the upbringing my children have, are absolute, like they couldn't be farther from each other. And I love it. I'm so, so thankful for it. I do have to say, though, it was interesting. My husband and I were chatting one night about all the places we'd lived and the amount of times we'd moved. And I personally have moved a lot. He was kind of more stable and hadn't moved around until he met me. (laughs) So from about the ages of, I think, 18 to 20, 20 or 21, I had moved, I think, I'm starting to forget how many times, but it's between 13 and 15 times. And then as we were talking, I realized that we collectively, my husband and I, had moved like, I think, nine times during our marriage. That's a lot of moving, a lot of moving. But can I just say, I am a pro packer. I'm so good at packing. I can be packed and ready to go in honestly no time because I did it so much. Um, So if you ever need somebody to pack, I'm your girl. Anyways, so the interesting part of that realization, just realizing why I had moved so much. Some of it was logistics, obviously, and the need to move. And some of it was me running away. And just realizing that I've been running away from my memories of where I grew up. I It took kind of that, we go, sorry, I'll backtrack. My husband and I, some of our favorite date nights are we get in the car and we just drive. And sometimes we pick up something to eat, you know, a dessert or something, a McFlurry, score McFlurry, love those. And then we'll just drive and we'll get to an intersection. And depending who's driving, they'll just say straight left, right, where do you want to go? We were driving through some of the neighborhoods that we had lived in and kind of reminiscing and remembering like, oh yeah, we moved from here because of, or we moved to here because of, and we just take turns picking the direction we're going and we drive and talk and it's some of my favorite time in the entire world. So it was during one of these drives that I had this realization. While we were talking, I realized like I have this connection to moving that I just, I had to keep going. I had to keep moving. And, you know, like I said, some moves logistically, we just had to do. We rented for the longest time. Sometimes the people we were renting from needed the house back. Sometimes the people we were renting from were not the greatest people and we needed to get out of that situation. And sometimes it was just, you know, I can think of one instance where we had an amazing offer to move and we just took up the offer, right? We, we took up, I'm trying to, that doesn't sound right. We took up the offer. We took up, we took up our friends on their offer. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Anyways, and so we moved and, and yeah, so all that to say, every move seemed to have a reason and it, it did, but I just was realizing as I connected the dots that there was more to it than just moving for me emotionally. And it's funny because I can remember, or sorry, for as long as I can remember, I have wanted to travel. So my plan after high school was to have enough money to get somewhere far, like I'm talking far, and then work to just keep traveling. So I wasn't going to be stationary. I wasn't going to stay somewhere 
for super long. It was just going to be enough to get me to wherever I wanted to go next. That didn't happen. <laughs> I met a boy who changed all of that and totally derailed my plans in the best way. And part of that change in plan was that we bought a house. You might think that is part of the plan, but it was not part of mine. When we signed the papers for our house, I panicked, panicked. And I just kept repeating, okay, but now we're stuck. Like I got this pit in the, or not pit, I got this feeling in the pit of my stomach. And there was definitely part of me that was excited and overwhelmed because buying a house is a, you know, it's an arduous process, especially if you've never done it before. There's so much to it. But what I was feeling was more about, again, just this feeling of feeling stuck. I can't just pick up and move now. To be honest, at that point, we had two kids. You can't really just pick up and move with two kids. Not to the same extent as if you were single or had no children. But anyways... So I was feeling stuck. And like I said, I kept repeating it. And my husband, and likely the rest of the world, saw it as putting down roots, right? That's the phrase we hear, like, oh, I'm putting down roots. But to me, it just felt like I was stuck. I couldn't leave. I couldn't change things if I needed to. And I honestly started to feel panicked. And I think it was really only in the last year or so that I've started to love my house and start to appreciate that I have a home base, right? I can come home here. We have put down roots and that's good. That's so good. We've been in our house for almost seven years. So the first six years of me living here was just kind of stressful in the sense that I honestly felt stuck. I couldn't shake that feeling of, of feeling stuck. And I know it wore on my husband a bit because he saw it, like I said, as putting down roots and, and he was excited. And don't get me wrong, I was excited. And I was so, so thankful that I owned a home, right? Growing up on social assistance, most of my friends, their parents didn't own their homes. They, we all rented. Please don't, don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with renting. Nothing at all. We rented for the longest time. It was just in my, in my mind as a child, as a teenager, buying a home just wasn't going to be an option, right? Because that was never on our radar. That wasn't something that was possible for my mom. And so because I didn't know that as a child, I didn't really see that for myself as an adult. Anyways, that just kind of fueled the whole idea of like, you know, I'll just rent. It doesn't matter where I live, so on and so forth. And so like I said, it took me so long to just realize like, I own this home. My husband and I own this home. And that's good. It's so good. I realized that I was so afraid of going back to being on social assistance and living in geared to income housing, that that fear fueled this desire in me to keep going and to keep getting farther and farther away from it. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said earlier, I, I love to travel. And I think some of that is just the love of travel. I love seeing new places. I love meeting new people. I love seeing how other people live. There's so much to traveling as a whole that I absolutely am in love with. But I can recognize now that some of my drive in traveling and in moving has been that if I can keep moving and I don't stay still for too long, where I grew up, my childhood, the things that I experienced there can't catch up to me. And so that fueled this this kind of fire under me to just keep going. Don't stay in one place too long. 
just this desire, like I said, to just keep getting farther and farther away from it. But then in realizing this, I realized that I am far away from it. I live in a sweet town, in a home, like I said, that I own with my husband. My kids have never known the life that I lived. We aren't, you know, we aren't rich. We aren't wealthy, but we're fine. We don't live on social assistance. We don't live in geared to income housing. And again, if you are in a position where you're on social assistance and you live in geared to income housing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Please don't hear me as shaming that or, you know, affixing something to that that doesn't belong there. I'm not. I'm I'm purely speaking to my experience and the things that kind of fueled me and, and the thoughts that I had. So please, please don't hear this as me shaming anyone in that position because there's no shame in it at all. None at all. Yeah. So my experience from growing up, the fear of going back to that, like I said, fueled me to keep running. But I realized that in running and continuing to run and to try to get away from this thing, these feelings, these emotions, these memories, I was missing out on the beautiful things that I have in my life right now. This beautiful home that I'm so thankful for. It's a strange little home. We heat with wood. We don't have a basement. We have one bathroom. We don't have a garage. You know, by society standards, it's kind of a weird house and I love it. I love our weird little, weird little cabin and I wouldn't change a thing about it. Actually, that's not true. I would love to renovate my kitchen, <laughs> but as a whole, I love my house. And so, you know, I've started to realize that the changes I made and the steps that I've taken put me in a place where I'm okay and I don't have to run. I don't, there's nothing for me to run from. Could life take a curveball and I end up on social assistance? Sure, definitely a possibility. I can't live in a way that I'm constantly fearing that. I can't live in the what if because I'm always going to be in that moment and not in this moment. And I'm not looking around and seeing this beautiful gift that God has given me, right? We have been blessed with this house. And I remember when we first got this house, my husband and I both just felt so strongly that we were meant like our doors open, our doors open to anyone. We wanted to entertain. We wanted to have people over and we moved in on December 16th and we had a New Year's Eve party and people, our friends were like sitting on boxes and I think we had like 18 or 19 people over. Some people showed up at like one in the morning and turned on a movie and people, you know, were sleeping on the couch and I loved it, loved it. I realized that again, this was a blessing and I was so grateful for it. I didn't have to be afraid of what I had known because this is what I know now. I don't want to miss out on that anymore. I don't want to keep running away from something that isn't catching up to me. It's not. So obviously we all come from different backgrounds and have had different upbringings, but the part of this that ties us all together is that where we grew up or how we were raised doesn't have to dictate where we end up. Like I said earlier, I could not be farther from where I grew up. And I'm not talking about um, proximity or location. I'm talking about the way I was raised. I should rephrase that. Not the way I was raised in the sense of raised by my mom, but the environment and the area that I was raised in. Where I live now is drastically different from that. And I, the things that I've experienced as a kid and, and you know, a teenager, I couldn't be farther away from that if I tried. So yes, 
the person you are isn't part of because of where you grew up, right? And how you were raised, but you get to take those memories and experiences and decide what you do with them. You get to decide how they play out for you and how much of a say they get in your current life. And I realized, as I said earlier, they were dominating me. Like the fact that I could buy a home with my husband, which is absolutely amazing. And the only thing, and I kid you not, it was like this tape constantly playing in my head. The only thing I could think of was I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And it completely detracted from any of the amazing experiences or feelings or memories that I should have been having because all I could think of was I'm stuck. Like, how do I get out of this? Yeah. You know what? I have to say, I've learned that my life is what I make of it, right? And the effort I put into it. And I would say as a Christian, I do believe that God plays a big role in the way my life plays out. And I do turn to him for things. And, you know, I I pray over things and that's an important part of my life. But I also understand that I get to make choices and decisions within my day that will change and impact my life just like you will. Maybe you don't believe in God. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe, and that's fine. You still, at the end of the day, get to make choices and decisions surrounding your life. To know that things, the choices and decisions we make impact our life. And we're either going to make changes for the better, or we're going to possibly stay stuck. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say it's easy. And sometimes the decisions we make do seem like setbacks, but we just have to keep going. You know, this week alone, I've had things happen where I just, I feel like I'm standing on a treadmill and I can see where I want to go, but I just, and I'm moving, I'm moving, but I'm in the same place and I, I feel stuck. And so, you know, I have reached out to friends, I've chatted with my husband and I'm just making some decisions to put things in place to get off this treadmill and to actually get moving. So you know what, I would just keep walking, keep walking, keep waking up, keep moving, knowing that this new day is yours for the taking. It's yours to do amazing things in it and with it. And on those days that are hard and seem, you know, maybe they seem like things will never change. Know that you're learning and you're growing. Like I said, there was years and years that I felt the same way about this home. I felt stuck this life that I thought I was going to live. And it looked so different. And please don't misunderstand me. I adore being married. My husband is probably the most fantastic human being I've ever met. I adore my children. I adore the life I have. But it, it is not what I envisioned. It's not what I thought was going to happen. I am beyond grateful that it did. But it doesn't change that this wasn't what I thought was coming. You know, I've worked hard to get here. And I've made decisions, I've sacrificed things, I've done things along the way, tried to be obedient to what I felt God was calling me to do. And, you know, I'm here and I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for every single moment of it. And I've learned that running away isn't going to take away the thing that I'm running from. I have to learn how to deal with it. I have to learn to stop, stop running, just stop, take a second, look around, really evaluate what's going on. Because for me, a lot of the times the thing I'm running from isn't chasing me. I, I think it is right. I, I give power to it. I give this life to this thing. It could be a circumstance. It could be, you know, like I said, where I was, where I grew up, 
it could be anything really i give it power when i run from it and so so if i could just encourage you sometimes we need to just stop look around take stock in what's actually happening try you know do your best to understand where you're standing right now and what it is you're running from and then ask for help if you need it reach out reach out to friends reach out to family somebody you feel comfortable with just to talk it through honestly driving around with my husband and talking that night just it was like it blew my mind everything the pieces just started coming together and I was so so grateful for it because now I feel like I can truly just take that deep breath and exhale I can let it go I can stop running from this thing that was never chasing me so above all else I just would love to encourage you that you are learning you're learning how strong and resilient you are nothing is wasted and you are going to come out of this better for it. <music>